So we're going to be doing something a little bit different this week. And that I'm not talking so much about the Avengers, but we're talking about the Infinity Gems. There we go. Alright, so we have our six Infinity Gems. The Power Gem, Time Gem, Reality Gem, Soul Gem, Mind Gem, and Space Gem. Each of the gems has a different set of abilities. So the power gem provides its, its limitless, limitless power. It also serves to amplify the powers of the other gems. The time gem gives them control over all of time. So past, present, and future. They can see into the future and the past, and they can send people to the past and future. Reality gem gives them the ability to make whatever they want Real. So they can create realities, they can destroy realities, and basically grant themselves any wish and defy the laws of physics. Soul Gem is probably one of the more well-known, one of the ones we're going to see a lot more throughout the, our conversation here. And it kind of controls the souls, it absorbs, and it actually hungers for souls. It's almost a little bit sentient. And it contains the soul world. The Mind Gem, obviously fairly slow to play there, grants the ability to read minds, and if the person's already a telepath, it greatly enhances their ability. So characters like Professor Xavier and Moondragon, who both will wield the Mind Gem, both of them have uh, significantly enhanced abilities while using the Mind Gem. And finally, the Space Gem, which allows people to be in all locations simultaneously, and to teleport themselves or other persons as necessary. All they need to do is think about where they want to be, and they can be there. So all put together, the gems basically give the wielder the power of God. They are all-knowing, all-present, and all-powerful. Pretty amazing stuff. So the first time we see the, any of the gems is in Marvel premiere number one with Adam Warlock. Not the first time we see Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock is basically a change or a retcon of an existing character called him. And Roy Thomas, who wrote these first couple issues of Adam Warlock, was really into the musical Jesus Christ Superstar at the time. So Roy Thomas, if you if you take a look at these first twelve issues or so, you can see that Thomas is really interested in that, and the the tone of Jesus Christ Superstar is definitely readable in the issues. So for the first 12 issues, Adam Warlock is fighting uh, man-beast on Counter-Earth. And he's sent there by the High Evolutionary in order to save Counter-Earth from man-beast. And right before Adam Warlock gets sent to Counter-Earth, the High Evolutionary slaps his little stone on his forehead and basically wishes him the best of luck, which reminds me a lot of this. <laughs> it is dangerous to go out alone. Take this. So basically, the high evolutionary slaps on his head, pushes him on the door, and says, "Best of luck." So for twelve issues, Adam Warlock fights Man Beast with the original Soul Gem. And to start off, the all, there's only the one gem, and all of the gems are actually referred to as the Soul Gem once the other ones get introduced. It's not for a while until they're referred to as the Infinity Gem. 
and early on the powers are somewhat nebulous. Adam Warlock uses them to kind of use energy projections, energy blasts, and the Soul Gem is able to reduce individuals like Man Beast who are highly evolved back to their more basic uh, form. So Man Beast and his minions are all highly evolved animals, so they get de-evolved de back to their animal form. So after those first 12 issues, Jim Starlin takes over writing, and things take a bit of a turn. So Jim Starlin at this point is already well known for his work on Captain Marvel and introducing Thanos and Drax to the Marvel Universe. Jim Starlin's really kind of the father of the Marvel Cosmic Universe as we know it. Some of the best stories that we see are going to come. Oops, I don't know. Some of the best stories we see are going to come from Jim Starlin. So originally, Starlin, so Starlin kind of builds on the mythos of Adam Warlock. He adds in characters like the Magus and uh, allies him with Pip the Troll and Gamora, and eventually Thanos for a little bit. Now, as I said, Adam Warlock is mortally wounded fighting with Thanos. And you get some really fun like time jumping and things like this here. So a past version of Adam Warlock jumps into the future to absorb Adam Warlock's soul into the soul gem, into the soul world. Thus preventing the Magus from creating the universal the Church of Universal Truth. So we'll, we'll see the Magus a little bit again later, but for now, Adam Warlock really is kind of the, the center of the Infinity Gems. Although at this point, we start slowly adding in the other gems. Now, when Adam Warlock absorbed into the Soul World, Silver Surfer kind of takes over the reins. So Silver Surfer and Mantis discover that the elders of the universe are plotting to defeat and kill Galactus. The elders of the universe are basically the oldest living beings in the universe, with the exception of Galactus, who is the survivor of the destruction of the previous universe. So the elders want to basically take Galactus's place. So they're planning to kill Galactus, will throw the universe into such chaos, it will destroy itself, and then they can survive into the creation of the next universe and take Galactus's place. Well, that's not really going to work well for Galactus, so he fights back, and with the help of the Silver Surfer, Galactus manages to kill, not, I'm sorry, not kill, but eat several of the elders, kind of a galactic thing to do, and then he uh, throws the other the other ones into a black hole, along with a couple of the infinity gems. A little later on, Galactus's herald Nova finds him, basically with a nearly or a fatal case of indigestion. So it turns out that the elders can't die. Death has decreed that the elders will not enter her realm. So because of that, once Galactus eats them, they are actually able to reform inside of him, and they start attacking him from inside. So the Silver Surfer has to team up with Sue Storm and Reed Richards, and they have to go in through the black hole, attempt to get the Infinity Stones back from the three elders that were sent in there, 
and bring them back out to help remove the other elders from the black man's stomach. The elders inside the black hole have allied themselves with a being known as the in-betweener, and in the process, the elders of the universe are expelled from Galactus, but they can't, then Galactus now has to fight the in-betweener. So in the end, the elders of the universe end up with most of the Infinity Gems, with the exception of the Soul Gem, which is left with the in-betweener. Next coming up, Thanos, the Mad Titan. Thanos has played a big part in a lot of the Infinity Gem stuff. Obviously, the Infinity Gauntlet, but even going forward past that, he's heavily involved. He's kind of the counterpart to Adam Warlock in this whole thing. So, uh, initially, Thanos allies himself with Adam Warlock to defeat the Magus, because the Magus' plans don't really jive with what Thanos wants. So it's kind of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. A little later on, however, Thanos turns on his one-time ally, and they collect, and he collects five of the six stones. The final one being the soul gem, which Adam Warlock still has on his forehead. And he creates basically a giant gem. And he uses that to in an attempt to kill half of the world, the, uh, the universe's population. It's kind of a reoccurring theme for Thanos. He tries it with the Cosmic Cube, he tries it with five of the six gems, and then in a minute here we'll see, he tries it also with the Infinity Gauntlet itself. Finally succeeds there. So, Adam Warlock, like I mentioned earlier, is mortally wounded fighting with Thanos, but he does manage to stop Thanos and his giant Infinity Gem. Shortly thereafter, Thanos captures all of the Avengers, and Spider-Man's thing, and also Adam Warlock from the Soul World, manage to turn Thanos into stone, thereby defeating him. However, Death really likes Thanos. Death thinks that Thanos is, is one of her greatest subjects, so she resurrects him, and much of the way comic books happen to go, Silver Surfer just happens to be there. So Thanos, at first he tries to get the Silver Surfer on his side, talks to him, shows him why, what's going on in the universe is bad, things like that. Silver Surfer isn't really buying it, so Thanos fakes his death, basically getting the Silver Surfer off his back for a while. And he goes back to Death's realm and spends some time staring into what is called the Infinity Well. Basically, the well of all knowledge. After that, he realizes the true potential of the Infinity Gems. And he actually renames them from the Soul Gems to the Infinity Gems. So at this point, though, Thanos has none of them. He just knows this is, this is something he wants. He wants those gems, and he knows what he's going to do with them. So he goes about on a quest, and it's actually the storyline is actually called Thanos Quest, to assemble all of the gems. So he has to fight fight the in-betweener and the elders in order to, to get the gems. He either physically fights them, he outsmarts them, or he actually even kills one of them, kills the gardener, in order to get the time gem. Once he has all the gems, he then 
takes his time and assembles the Infinity Gauntlet. And at that point, he now has the power of God, so he decides he needs a little bit of time to get used to it. It's a lot of power. Even for Thanos, who's an already powerful being. So in the process of that, Silver Surfer and Drax attempt to stop Thanos, and they are soundly beaten. And in fact, Thanos uses the power of the gems to absorb Drax and Silver Surfer into the Soul World. Now, unfortunately for Thanos, as we'll see in Infinity Gauntlet, that doesn't work out too well for him. That's actually kind of a bad thing for him, in that Silver Surfer and Drax are now able to confer with Adam Warlock, who's also in the Soul World, and Adam Warlock sends them back out into the universe in order to warn the heroes of Earth that Thanos is coming and he has his new power. So now we're on to the Infinity Gauntlet. Infinity Gauntlet comes out in 1991. So at this point we've been looking at about, oh, let's see, about 12 to 15 years of Infinity Stones. And, I mean, the 90s are not necessarily known as the greatest era of comics. There's some, there's some rough stuff. But the Infinity Gauntlet is one of the best examples of what is good about the 90s. It's written by, written by uh, Jim Starlin, art by George Perez and Ron Lynn. It's a really good read. It's actually one of the, uh, y'all have a bunch of raffle tickets. We are going to be giving away a copy of the Infinity Gauntlet here at the end, as well as uh, just two other, yeah, two other uh, graphic novel prizes. So the first thing Thanos does is he goes and he instantly kills off half the population of the universe, literally with a thought. And the reason he does this, he's been trying to do this for a while, to make death happy, because Thanos is literally in love with death, the personification of death in the Marvel Universe. Death is unhappy because there are more people living now than have ever died. And she finds this imbalance unacceptable. So she wants to even things up a little bit, and she feels that Thanos is the right person to do it. So Thanos instantly kills half the population of the universe. But unfortunately for Thanos, the way he does it, with the Infinity Gems, doesn't make death happen. She now thinks that she's his love slave. That, that he is now so powerful that even a powerful entity like death is subservient to so she once again rejects him. And this upsets Thanos, we'll say. And his anger actually radiates out from his newly created little throne platform and destroys planets and stars. And even faraway Earth is damaged enough. It's thrown out of its orbit and slowly drifting off as a rogue planet. So the few surviving superheroes are now assembled by Silver Surfer and Adam Warlock. Silver Surfer starts off the Infinity Gauntlet by crashing through Stephen Strange's uh, very iconic window. Stephen Strange, you know from the Doctor Strange film. Silver Surfer comes crashing through that window, landing on his couch. And so Silver Surfer helps assemble the surviving heroes. Adam Warlock joins them, having been resurrected from the Soul World through the body of several dead criminals. Cosmic Marvel is great, they get weird. Like, really weird. 
Okay, we're, we're not even to the, like, the super weird stuff yet. So Silver Surfer and Adam Warlock assemble all of Earth's heroes, and they go and they try and take on Thanos. And Thanos, again, because he has all these new powers, he knows they're coming. And he welcomes it. He says, okay, that's fine. Tell you what, I'm, I'm going to dial down my power to make this a fair fight. Give you guys a chance. It's a 1 in 100 chance that it's a chance. So he does. And he still beats the tar out of them. I mean, just wipes the floor with all the heroes. And Adam Warlock knows this is going to happen. This is actually his play. He is attempting to distract Thanos enough that at the right moment, he sends Silver Surfer in an attempt to grab the Infinity Gauntlet, and Silver Surfer fails. So at this point, all of the heroes have been killed, defeated, and Adam, Adam Warlock's one plan didn't work. Kind of unfortunate. But, our heroes aren't just the only things in the Marvel Universe. Especially in the cosmic Marvel Universe, there are a number of cosmic entities. There are creatures like uh, love and hate, order and chaos, the celestials, Galactus, and a number of these entities all decide that Thanos has too much power and he needs to be stopped. So they come and confront him. And Thanos beats the heck out of them too. But, in the process, Thanos decides that he is going to literally become the universe. He is going to become the cosmic entity known as Eternity. And when he does so, he leaves his body behind. And in the process, he leaves the Infinity Gauntlet behind. And Nebula, his supposed granddaughter, whom he has been torturing for some time at this, at this point, walks up and takes the gauntlet. And now she has the gauntlet. This is really bad. So as bad as Thanos was, Thanos is a very capable individual, very intelligent, evil obviously to an extent, but certainly very reasoning. Thanos has been torturing Nebula for a while, and she is mentally unstable. Now, thankfully for pretty much most of existence, the first thing Nebula does is returns everything back to what it was before Thanos killed everyone. So that's a good thing. But then, as all the Marvel heroes and the cosmic entities realize, they can't allow Nebula to have this kind of power. So they once again attack, and it becomes more and more clear that Nebula is unable to control this power. Though she is able to stop the cosmic entities. Now, while all of this is going on, Adam Warlock is able to sneak up on Nebula and slip himself back into the Soul World. So just as Nebula is defeating all of the cosmic entities, Adam Warlock is able to, from the Soul World, cause her to drop the gauntlet. She emerges from the Soul World, and Adam Warlock actually wields the gauntlet. So the, the end of the Infinity Gauntlet leaves us with Adam Warlock holding the Infinity Gauntlet. And Thanos is, is actually thought dead. He makes one last play to get the gauntlet. And when it fails, he actually fakes his own death, and he actually retires to basically the life of a farmer. The, one of the last few panels, few pages of the, of the book, 
you see a scarecrow made out of Thanos's standard costume, and he's off in very simple kind of uh, rough peasant kind of robes. So after the Infinity Gauntlet, Eternity decides that Adam Warlock shouldn't have the Infinity Stones, so he applies, he appeals to the highest power in the Marvel Universe, the Living Tribunal, and he demands that Adam Warlock be stripped of the Infinity Stones. And while the Living Tribunal rules against Adam Warlock in part, he does allow Warlock to pick and choose whom and where the Infinity Stones go. So this is the creation of what's called the Infinity Watch. So Warlock provides different stones to, I mean, he, he himself holds on to the, the Soul Gem. He gives one, he gives one to uh, Drax, Gamora, Moon Dragon, Pip the Troll, and interestingly enough, the final one is actually Thanos. We don't find that out for a while, but Adam Warlock feels that because Thanos wielded the Infinity Gauntlet, he is the best person to protect the, the Reality Gem which is actually the most volatile. It has the ability to, to do the most damage on its own. And Warlock knows that Thanos won't use it. So he lets Thanos guard it. So shortly after the stones get distributed, Pip, Gamora, Drax, and Moondragon are promptly kidnapped by Man-Beast, who kind of just keeps showing up at random times as the Adam Warlock villain. And he uses their power to create a, an infinity thrall, which is controlled by the machines of his ship. Well, Warlock is able to fairly easily beat the infinity thrall by just destroying Manby's ship, and then he goes and they all crash down on Earth. They land on Monster Island, and they make a deal with Boltman so that they now have a new headquarters. And at this point, the Infinity Watch has really kind of formed into a team. What's going on over there? <laughs> also, after Infinity Gauntlet, just kind of as a, a little side quest, uh, the Silver Surfer goes and decides he needs to destroy Thanos' little throne platform out in space to kind of wipe the stain of Thanos from the galaxy. So he takes about six issues to do that because he keeps getting sidetracked. I mean, I love comics, but there are no straight lines. So, after the Infinity Gauntlet comes Infinity War, the second of three Infinity-titled cosmic events. <coughs> For Marvel, right? DC's got all kinds of other infinite whatever. Yeah, it's popular titles. So, Infinity War opens with various heroes and Thanos getting attacked by evil doppelgangers of himself. And after a little bit, Thanos is able to figure out that the Magus is behind all of these attacks. And actually has a bit of a conversation with the Magus and well, his own evil doppelganger. Does not actually make the evil doppelganger good. Uh, in addition to that, actually, actually before that, uh, 
Thanos then gets a hold of the Infinity Watch, and as a group, they decide to break into Death's Realm and stare into the Infinity Well to figure out where the Megas came from. Because as far as Adam Warlock knows, or anyone else knows, the Megas' timeline stopped to exist, ceased to exist. So he shouldn't show up. So they're, they're trying to figure out where he came from. So it turns out what happened is that when Adam Warlock had the Infinity Gauntlet, he decided that in order to be a better deity, he was going to remove his good and his evil sides and just be a being of pure, rational logic. So the evil side went and coalesced back into the Magus. So this is a little bit different Magus than we saw previously, which was, like I said, a future version of Adam Warlock. About that same time, the doppelganger Thanos and Magus decide to attack all of the heroes of Earth, like themselves. And because, obviously, Magus looks like Warlock and the Thanos doppelganger looks like Thanos, all the heroes of Earth think the Infinity Watch have teamed up with Thanos and they, they, they are behind what's going on. So they need to be taken down. Of course, eventually, the Infinity Watch and Thanos and all of Earth's heroes end up in the same place at the same time. And like you've got to do in a superhero comic, they fight. After a little while, though, they realize that they're actually on the same side and that they need to fight the Magus. So, in order to fight the Magus, Adam Warlock decides to reassemble the Infinity Gauntlet. He knows that the Living Tribunal said not, not to, but at this point, the Magus has five cosmic cubes. Not actually cubes, not all cubes, but all five cosmic cubes. And that's a lot of power, and they're not sure that they can beat Magus without the Infinity Gauntlet. So, Adam Warlock reassembles the Infinity Gauntlet, only to find that as part of his judgment, the Living Tribunal has prevented the stones from working in conjunction with one another anymore. So the Gauntlet doesn't work. And then Magus shows up and promptly kidnaps Adam Warlock. And So as soon as, the, as soon as the heroes figure out that the gauntlet doesn't work, Galactus goes off and decides to convince in Eternity that he needs to allow the Living Tribunal to let the, the gems work together again. And it takes a little bit of work, but he does convince Eternity that that's necessary, and Eternity talks to the Living Tribunal. The Living Tribunal turns the gauntlet back on. Only at this point, since Adam Warlock and the Gauntlet got kidnapped, guess who's got the Gauntlet? Magus. So now Magus has five cosmic cubes and the Gauntlet. That's not really a good day. However, once again, the heroes have a little bit of a trick up their sleeve in that when Adam Warlock reassembled the Infinity Gauntlet, he gave Magus a bogus and reality gem. So Magus doesn't actually have the whole gauntlet. So Adam Warlock is able to fight Magus for the gauntlet, gets control of the gauntlet, 
and actually traps Magus in the Soul World. That's actually really unfortunate for Magus too, because in the Soul World it's everybody's soul and everybody's really happy. It's a paradise. But Magus isn't a full person. He's not. So he doesn't have a full soul, so he can't interact with anyone or anything. He's just there. Yeah, it's really twisted. Unfortunately, this is also the point at which we start to see the Soul World slowly decline as a paradise. The point where it's just not, it's not as good, it's not as happy, slowly but surely. Also at the end, cosmic cubes are mysteriously stolen. So, after the Infinity War, we get a few kind of just short stories, kind of one-offs. Uh, Warlock in the, in the Infinity Watch helps Silver Surfer get his the love of his life back, Shalabal. Uh, she's been killed, and actually Mephesto has her soul. So it, it takes a, a little bit of working to get her soul back from Mephesto. Uh, during Infinity War, uh, Quasar attempts to use the um, ultimate nullifier and backfires and nullifies himself. Because uh, Quasar at this point is kind of uh, not the brightest lamp on the porch, and uh, doesn't really know what he's doing, so yeah, nullifies himself. We also get some really cool little one-off one stories within the Infinity Watch. Drax reconnects a little bit with his previous life. Uh, Gamora has to come to grips with fighting alongside Thanos instead of fighting against Thanos. And we also get a really touching Christmas story of Thanos and Gamora, where Thanos gives her a baby doll for Christmas. There's also another... Uh, Similar Christmas uh, story, or similar story where Thanos actually gives her a little doll of himself. That's also really funny. <laughs> so finally, we get into the Infinity Crusade, the last of our Infinity title events. So Infinity War dealt with Thanos, dealt with Adam Warlock's evil side in the Magus. Infinity Crusade deals with his good and feminine side as the goddess. So, I mean, obviously the name Crusade implies heavy religious undertones, and they are in fact pretty heavy. So, goddess assembles all of the heroes she can that have some kind of religious tie. So, characters like Wolfsbane, who's just a very religious character, or characters like Thor or Storm, who are gods or were treated as gods, they are all drafted into the goddess's service. She also assembles 30 cosmic cubes and turns them into a giant cosmic egg. Like she, and then she just kind of sits in it. It's really kind of weird. But her purpose is that she is creating a universal will to bring about a rapture. Now what people don't realize is that this rapture is the destruction of the universe. The goddess is so obsessed with removing sin from the universe that she's going to wipe out the universe entirely so it can't sin. So Warlock once again teams up with Thanos and also with Professor X. We get a little help from Mephisto. And basically at the last minute before the universe is wiped out, they, they create a false image of the universe being wiped out. 
and suddenly everyone in the universe knows Goddess's plan. And the universal will that she had built up is gone. So now she's no longer able to destroy the universe that way. Now obviously she still, she, she still has 30 cosmic cubes. She still has the power. But during the attack from Thanos and Professor X, Thanos is using the Soul Gem, which Adam Warlock gave him. And Adam Warlock is in the Soul World. And from there, he transfers himself actually into the goddess's psyche. And the two of them fight it out from there. And once again, Adam Warlock traps her in the Soul World. Fun part about that is not only can she and Magus not interact with the Soul World, they can't even interact with each other. Magus actually takes, tries to take a swing at Goddess and goes right through her. So after this, we kind of get more into Adam Warlock and the Infinity Watch. So it is a 42-issue title, and about the first half of the title is basically tying into the various Infinity events. And there's also a short Thor crossover with Thor Blood and Thunder, where Thor actually gets a hold of the Power Gem for a little bit. And he's gone. Unfortunately, at that point, he's also gone crazy and is trying to destroy the Nine Realms. So the second half, though, basically starts pretty much independent Infinity Watch stories. So once again, Manby shows back up. This time he is impersonating a U.S. Senator. That's not a joke, but it is funny. So obviously, Adam Warlock is able to defeat his old nemesis once again. <coughs> And we move on to the Infinity Watch Fighting Count Abyss. It's actually a character who's introduced kind of in that first half of Infinity Watch, but it's not really not really touched upon much. And Count Abyss actually gives up his own soul to gain immense power. Unfortunately, after a while, he realizes, I kind of want my soul. And when he finds out about the soul gem, he says, well, that's probably the next best thing, so I'll take that instead. And he sends his agent Maya to kind of parlay with Adam Warlock. And he sends her with a gift of wine, which is poisoned with a love potion. And Maya and Adam Warlock both fall madly in love with each other. And then Abyss comes back and kidnaps Maya and basically wants to trade Maya for the soul gem. Now in the end, they're able to defeat Count Abyss without doing so. They actually take one of Adam's friends from the soul world, put his soul into Count Abyss, and then rip it back out in order to defeat Count Abyss. The unfortunate side effect of that is that Warlock's friend, Judge Krator, is basically ruined as, a, as an individual. He just he can't stand being in the soul world. Everything is, everything is terrible for him. And like I said, it's just more and more the soul world becoming less and less of this paradise that Adam Warlock loves so much. Also, because Adam Warlock fell in love with Maya, it starts creating tension in the team because for quite a while it's been an unspoken thing between Adam Warlock and Gamora. And to 
because Adam Warlock is now obsessed with Maya. Unfortunately, this uh, creates problems for the team. And eventually, the watch breaks apart, and the gems actually vanish. And that leads us into the crossover events. So the first crossover was with Malibu Comics. And it's bad. Right? This, is, this is the late 90s. It's really rough. Um, like I said, at the end of Infinity Watch, the gems disappear. And then we, the Malibu crossover explains what happens to the gems. In my personal opinion, this is a really a wasted, a wasted use of that. Uh, it, it kind of, it's the Marvel version of a bad day. It probably seemed like a good idea to start with. And by the time they were done, it was terrible. It does, however, introduce a seventh gem that is only ever used in this event. But all seven gems combined create a sentient being called Nemesis. And that's kind of the, at the end, the, the double issue, Avengers Ultra Force, Ultra Force Avengers uh, finale is fighting against Nemesis. Next one is the Avengers JLA crossover from the early 2000s. The gems actually only make a real brief appearance in this, just as one of the 12 artifacts that the Infinity, or that the Avengers and JLA are racing against one another to get. But there is some really interesting meta commentary in the book. So it's written by written by Kirk Busick, and he has some really interesting commentary kind of within the book on Marvel and DC's various takes on superheroes. It's kind of cool. But yeah, the, 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 event, the Infinity Stones are, or Infinity Gems are only in here for about a page. That takes us to more of the, the modern era of comic books. So in Thanos Redemption, Galactus, Galactus figures out that the Infinity Gems can be assembled into a device to basically feed him. Only it's not a device to feed him. It is actually a device that opens a hole into another dimension and releases an entity ironically named Hunger. So Thanos has to stop uh, Galactus from doing that. And eventually when Hunger is released, he then has to help him stop Hunger. So at this point, like the, the gems, after that, the gems are kind of dispersed, and we find Champion of the Universe has a gem, has the power gem back. And Champion of the Universe actually was one of the original elders who had a an Infinity Gem. And She-Hulk is basically inducted into a an intergalactic uh, judiciary system, and one of the things she has to do is in a as basically a trial by combat, she has to fight Champion. First time Champion wipes the floor with her because he's got the power gem. It's limitless power. So She-Hulk goes and she trains for a couple of months. And she also finds out that the trial by combat doesn't allow foreign objects to be used. No weapons, nothing like that. So she makes him remove the power gem. And then she wipes the floor with him. So in revenge, Champion, having promised not to use the gem any, anymore, gives the gem to Titania, and she tries to fight She-Hulk. And 
This is also one of those really meta moments where She-Hulk beats Titania by getting the advice of comic book fans as to how she should, like she shows up in a comic book shop and actually gets people to help her figure out what, what's going on. So next time we see the Infinity Gems, they are in the Illuminati, which is a group of several of the powerful Marvel heroes, uh, Professor X, Reed Richards, characters like that. And they basically assemble the gems in order to keep them away from people. Only that doesn't really work because the Hood, after losing his powers, finds out about the gems and goes and starts stealing them from the Illuminati. Not really good. Obviously, the Avengers are able to finally get, a, get them back. And Iron Man makes most of the Avengers think that the Illuminati are done and that, that the gems have been destroyed. But in fact, they haven't been. And we get to the final appearance of the Marvel 616 Gems in Jonathan Hickman's run on Avengers, the new Avengers, where the Illuminati use the gems to stop an incursion of an alien of a different dimensional Earth. And the gems are actually destroyed, with the exception of the Time Gem, which shows up about 30 issues later dragging several of the Avengers, Captain America, Iron Man, through time. And eventually, uh, Kang, Immortus, and Iron Lad, all different temporal versions of the same character, try and stop the time gem from shattering. Captain America prevents them from doing that, and so allows it to shatter. And that's the last time they're actually seen in the Marvel 616. Now, the Infinity Gems from an unspecified Earth are used kind of as a distraction at the end of Secret Wars to stop Doctor Doom for a little while, while Reed Richards tries to find Doom's power source. Uh, Stephen Strange figured out what what piece of Earth they were from when they were assembling Battleworld, and made sure Doom built his castle on that piece just in case uh, they ever needed to stop Doctor Doom. So, and that is. Brief history of the Infinity Gems. So, and you can find us, you can find me at AvengersAssembly.com. You can find the podcast, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we're trying to get some uh, questions, comments going from users.